Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover, and with me is our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. As recovery efforts continue in Houston and surrounding cities after the devastation of Hurricane Harvey, we heard about an organization that was on the ground helping almost as the storm arrived. It's help coming from an unlikely place, a country, in fact, that's over 30 times smaller than Texas. Aid is an Israeli nonprofit humanitarian program providing a helping hand during times of catastrophe, whether man-made or natural. Today, Chris will be speaking with Voni Glick. He's co-CEO of Aid. This is an interview you won't want to miss, and we'll get to that in a moment. But first, here's Chris with the news. Israelis surprised United Nations General Secretary Antonio Guterres upon his visit to the Israeli-Gaza border. Guterres walked through Hamas terror tunnels and visited Kibbutz Nahal Oz, an Israeli community that often receives rocket fire from Gaza. Guterres said this about the residents of Nahal Oz. I've seen from them an extraordinary message of peace and reconciliation. Guterres was surprised by the desire for peace and compassion these Israelis had toward their Palestinian neighbors. But he shouldn't be. If the United Nations would have done its job in the past, they would realize that it's at the heart of most Israelis to live side by side in peace with their Arab neighbors. Maybe Secretary General Guterres can finally bring some sanity to the UN when it comes to their egregious attitude toward Israel. For the past two weeks, we've been watching the deadly effects of Hurricane Harvey rip through the Texas coast uh, in areas of Galveston, Rockport, and into Houston. And as of August 28th, the estimated damage could be as high as $100 billion. Now, many hands are on deck right now to help Houstonians and the surrounding cities uh, uh, ravaged by Harvey. One organization that is... One organization that is lending a helping hand in Houston comes from a place you'd least expect. The organization is called Aid. It's an Israeli nonprofit, non-governmental humanitarian program. And with me today from Israel is Voni Glick, who is co-CEO of Aid. Voni, thank you so much for taking time. I know you're busy right now to talk about Aid and the work that you're doing in Houston and abroad. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Voni, can you share a little bit about what Aid does? Sure. So Aid was founded in 2001 um, really as an effort of many different people to try and see how they could bring the knowledge and expertise that Israel had developed in a number of fields and try and share that with the world during times of disasters. Now, it's a completely apolitical organization, um, and, you know, every country really has its own experience and has its own knowledge and has its own know-how. And really, um, the people felt that this was an important contribution that each country and that Israel should make to the world. And so since 2001, Israel has responded to um, man-made and natural disasters in 41 countries. And that's, we're talking about millions of people. This year alone, as an example, as we are operating in 15 countries, we're hoping to reach over 2 million people with everything from the beginning and the really emergency period, sending doctors, search and rescue teams, um, sending psychologists and engineers, whatever is necessary to try and help a population um, overcome the initial 
horrifying moments where really you need to save lives. And that's you know, everything from the earthquake in Haiti to um, the earthquake in Nepal to the man-made conflicts that are happening in Iraq or in South Sudan, all the way to the Ebola outbreak in West Africa. So a bit of everywhere in the world, we have a busy world. You know, most of the time, humanitarian aid is busy going to third world countries, but Israel is busy going to not only third world countries, you know, as you mentioned, Haiti, but I mean, you are here in the U.S. I know you and I share a common friend, Yoram Waxenbaum, uh, from Kaplan Medical Center, who uh, helps with Israel, and I know that I've seen him doing work in Oklahoma, I believe. So you're you're covering the span. You're you're not saying we're just to third world countries. You go from first world down to third world. Any type of disaster that happens, is that correct? That is correct. There's, every situation is different, and the needs are incredibly different every disaster. Um, and so, of course, when we're going to a developing country, or frankly, any country. When we're talking about disasters of a certain scale, you know, it's tragic and it's difficult, and whether the country as a whole has the resources to deal with it or not, the immediate um, effects often can require and always do require some sort of support. It's all about bringing the right support at the right time, um, and we try and do our best in our own small way to, to bring it. Um, one thing I do want to mention is that as an organization also, one of the things that we specialize in is, is staying. When the news crew leaves and it's time to move on to the next one and people forgot, forget that the disaster ever happened or think that, you know, everything's great now. So really those are the times where often the situation goes from bad to worse. In Nepal, after the earthquake, everyone left, but really that winter, six months later, um, thousands of people died because they had no homes and they died, frankly, of the cold and of hunger. So we stay in these countries long-term to try not to aid, but actually to build the capacity of the national governments and of the organizations so that they have the expertise to um, empower their own communities and hopefully become sustainable for a better future. Voni, you, you were mentioning the idea that you do more than just come help. You actually essentially bring what is Israeli infrastructure in some sort, uh, organizational skills over to uh, any particular disaster anywhere in the world. What kind of organizational infrastructure uh, programs do you bring, and, and what does it look like when you land on the ground? Well, first of all, we bring everything from um, search and rescue teams to really teaching about trauma. Unfortunately, in Israel, we've experienced and we continue to experience our fair share of um, incidents that requires trauma care. So we have a lot of expertise in that. Um, water technology, and so forth. And so there are many different fields that we have some knowledge in Israel, and we train, share, and adapt it to every situation. Now, what is it like to arrive in a situation? I think the only thing that's common to any of them is chaos. Um, it's hard to describe. It always sounds a bit odd, but it's hard to describe the, what, it, what it entails and what it is the experience of arriving in a place where there now is no information. You know, we, mm -hmm. I remember... You know, you're on the call with whatever government authorities there are, and they're really they're doing incredible work. People haven't slept in days, and the systems are all built. But at the end of the day, when it's something on a gigantic scale, it just is too much. And so people come in hoping to actually know what's going to happen and say, oh, well, I'm going to arrive in a disaster, and people will be in the streets waiting for me to help them. But really, people are at home. People are isolated. Nobody really knows where they are. It's really, in this day and age of technology, it's hard for us to understand just how difficult it is 
um, in these situations. And that's why really oftentimes people are really surprised and um, what you often um, disappointed at the time it takes to respond because just really it's too much. And so the first role that every first responder has is to try and build uh, a coordination mechanism and you know, same here in Houston, it's no different. The authorities are doing an incredible job at trying to really hold it together despite the overwhelming and unprecedented amount of rain that has fallen. Avani, I want to know, what are the reactions people get when you tell them, hi, I'm, I'm Avoni, I'm from Israel, and this is my team from Israel here to help? What are some of the reactions you get from people really all around the world? Well, frankly, people are incredibly gracious. I think they are surprised. Um, that people would go up from so far away, and they're very touched, they're very moved. If you come to the two people with an, with an open heart and with um, helping hands and you try and actually really listen and be there for people, I think that regardless of where you come from, it means a lot. And when you come from far away, so to them it means even more. And really, we'd have people hug us, people cry, people just be happy. And some people, you know, we're just another, we're not the, we're not the center of attention. We're just another group of people there to help, and that's also absolutely fine. This is not, you know, we're not there to make people think and know that we're Israeli. We're there to try and help in any way that we can. I understand. Uh, now, listen, you were mentioning um, earlier, and I, I had mentioned to the audience that Aid is a nonprofit. It's a non-governmental humanitarian project here. So that means you're not getting any government assistance. And I'm guessing you're relying on the funds that people donate. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and the, and the needs that you have at Aid? Sure. So we're a very small organization. Um, you know, we try and stay as lean as we can. Um, so let's say Everyone loves to hear usually about administrative costs. So we um, really, 92 cents out of every dollar goes straight to the field. Um, we do our very best to try and see how we can maximize and leverage everything. We send very small teams. Um, and we have huge needs. The world is full of messages. You know, right now, as we speak, there are, there's crazy flooding in Houston, and we're just at the beginning, and we're really desperately trying to um, raise funds for that, and it's available, and some people can go to our website and donate through there. And we also have our teams that are still in Nepal after the earthquake and in Sierra Leone after the Ebola outbreak that are each responding to floods and mudslides, respectively, as well. And so it's been just a, a very challenging month, and the needs are huge, and really um, every dollar makes a huge difference. For our listeners, I want to say, I want you to stick around after the break because we're going to give the website where you can go and donate to Aid and the work that they're doing, not only in Houston, but abroad. And uh, so stick around. We're going to continue our conversation with Voni Glick, CEO, co-CEO of Aid. Genesis 12:3, God said to Abraham, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We're learning today of one of the many ways God is still blessing the world through Israel. You know, years ago during one of Israel's conflicts, we were being inundated with requests from our constituents for a way that they could help the people of Israel in a very practical way. Because of their requests, the Friends of Israel created the Israel Relief Fund. 
through the generous donations to the Israel Relief Fund, in a few short years, people like you have provided numerous rocket shelters in Israel's dangerous areas, medical products for Israel's only blood donation center, and even care for single Israeli mothers and their children who choose life instead of abortion. Here's the cool thing. When you give to our Israel Relief Fund, know that 100% of your support goes to Israel and helps save lives both physically and spiritually. This is just another way to say thank you to Israel for the blessing they've been to us. When you donate, you are being a true friend of Israel. You can give to the Israel Relief Fund by going to our website, foiradio.org. Welcome back, everybody. We've been talking with Voni Glick, co-CEO of Israel, a nonprofit, non-governmental humanitarian program that reaches out across the world, reaching into the lives of people who are experiencing probably the, the worst moments of their of their life as they go through a disaster. And and currently, Israel is in. Houston during uh, the flooding that's happened as a result of Hurricane Harvey, and and uh, and also I believe more teams are coming. So Voni, can you share a little bit about the efforts that Israel is doing to bring uh, to Houston uh, from Israel after this hurricane that came through? Sure. So the hurricane, you know, as we know, it's still dumping water. It's crazy and it's been ongoing, and I think that after four feet. Would be enough, right? But it continues to fall, and the rivers and the dams continue to be a problem. Um, our team, we've had two teams that were sent out in the last few days. Again, small teams so that they can be nimble. They have arrived. They arrived yesterday, um, and they're now in Houston after spending a bit of time trying to help evacuees that are in Dallas with some of the most basic needs. And now arriving in Houston, the idea is to really just be as flexible as possible. We have disaster management professionals that can help and try and coordinate between shelters and with families and things like that. We have people that um, have mental health expertise, any more psychosocial people to help in the shelters. Uh, you know, we don't often pay attention to how important it is to have a little bit of a sense of routine, particularly for children. So the idea of child-friendly spaces, of recreational activities, these kind of things are really important to try and like, reduce stress and prevent long-term trauma and things like that. This is an important and very easy activity. Voni, Houston is the fourth largest city in America, and, you know, the damage wasn't just concentrated in Houston. It was spread, I mean, pretty much spread from the coast all the way up to Houston and will probably begin to even make its way into Louisiana and Mississippi by the time people are listening to our conversation here. Where does Israel even begin? Where do you say this is the most strategic location we can, we can really help the people and the city of Houston? Well, I think in many ways you're looking for the place that with the most and greatest need, is often not successful. Uh, you know, as I kind of mentioned earlier, in many ways, the access to knowledge is very limited. And so what you do is you find the community, you find the place that you know is in need, and you start working. Uh, the idea is not to try and get bogged down with huge long-term plans right now. During this initial stage, it's just do what you can. Arrive, whether it's a shelter, whether it's a community, whether it's now or a team that's on its way, part of it is going to go help with the cleanup in certain homes that are already, you know, without water now, but they just desperately need that help, you do what it takes. And slowly over the course of days, as you do small work and increasingly coordinate with more and more of the authorities and make sure to put the effort on, 
on uh, telling people where you are, so that everyone from Red Cross to the VOADs to the government affairs, everyone knows what's going on. And over time, you build a larger um, response plan together with everyone. How long do you think ISRA aid will be in Houston uh, this go-around here? So it's very early right now, and we know that it's going to be, you know, in stages. Right now, save live stage, try and make sure and do what we can for people to minimize the damage, both physical and mental. So then after that, we're looking at the medium stage, which is water needs to recede after it stops raining. And that's going to be a question in terms of how much time that takes. The stage that goes with that is starting to clean up homes to make sure that, one, you know, we always talk about the black mold and all these kind of things, so you have to do debris removal. And this is particularly important for families that neither have the means, um, maybe nor the uh, physical ability for a number of reasons to clear out their own homes and try and sort through what is, can be saved, what can't, and how to properly gut your homes and how to have them ready um, for everything from insurance evaluators, FEMA evaluators, to just cleaning out your home. And so this is a process that is very important to people to do because as long as you don't do it, they can't go back home. And it's a real challenge on the long term for people. And the long term is we're talking about looking at everything from rebuilding, trying to strengthen um, the resilience of the community. Okay, so for our listeners, we've been talking with Voni Glick, who's the co-CEO of ISRA Aid. And, and for our listeners, we mentioned that uh, ISRA Aid relies on donations. It relies on funds because it's a non-govern- non-governmental uh, humanitarian program. So it, re- it relies on our donations. So, so this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to israaid.co. Now, listen, this is an Israeli website, but it's in English. So when you go there, you'll see it's in English. I checked it out. Uh, but it's you're going to go to Israaid, that's I-S-R-A-A-I-D, Israaid.co.co.il, Israaid.co. And right there you will see, I saw it for myself on the homepage, a button that you can click to donate to help uh, Voni's work here through Israel and the work that all of his volunteers are doing to help the people of Houston and really to help people all around the world, uh, this work that's going on. And Voni, let me tell you something. I I know this much. I know the heart of the Israeli people, and and it's a heart uh, that they really can't help but to help. It's it's in them to help. It's in the Israeli spirit to lend a helping hand. I've seen it when I work at the hospitals in Israel. And so I just want to, on behalf of America and on behalf of the people who are in Houston right now, I want to say thank you to you and to your teams who are, who are coming to Houston to help us out in this time of need. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And, you know, the people of Houston, greater um, Houston and of Texas that we've met so far. And we've been to Texas. This is unfortunately already the third time after flooding, but we've really seen nothing but an incredible strength and unity and resilience, and it's just an honor to be able to work there. Thank you so much, Moni, for joining us today. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Israel, on the verge of becoming a state, a teenage Holocaust survivor arrives on her shores alone. His name is Svi Kalisher. Little did he know his search for a new life in the Holy Land would lead him to the Messiah. Svi, enthusiastic to share his faith, engaged others in spiritual conversations, many of which can be found in our magazine, Israel, My Glory. While Svi is now in the presence of his Savior, his collected writings from well over 50 years of ministry continue to encourage believers worldwide. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life of Svi. 
Here in Israel, the people are very tired of war, as I am. Russian immigrants living here want to know how we can live in a country that has been so long without peace. Don't you grow tired, they asked. Yes, I am tired of war, I replied, but I have peace in my heart. They wondered how this could be when we don't know what tomorrow will bring. How can we have peace in our hearts? It is impossible. I told them it is possible. But if you want peace, you must first let the peace of God rule in your heart. How can this be, they asked. How can we know that God is in our hearts? Pray in his name, and you will see God change your life as he did mine. You will receive blessings from above because it is written, Without me ye can do nothing. They asked me how I came to know all of this, and I responded, I came to believe through faith in the Lord Jesus. It is the fact that without him we cannot have peace in our hearts, in our homes, or in the streets with our friends. How do you know that this is true? They questioned. Did God speak to you? Oh, yes, I answered, through his word. God is my father, and when I pray to him, I find rest and have great joy in my heart. If you have joy, you will also have peace. The conversation continued, and I shared with them that the Lord has given me peace and great happiness. No one else can give these things except him. I gave them each a Russian Bible and told them that everything they wanted to know could be found there. They were happy to receive the Bibles and promised to read them. I told them to pray to the Lord for understanding, for without the Holy Spirit's guidance we cannot comprehend anything. Zvi, they asked, are you a Christian? Yes, I replied, I am a Hebrew Christian. Ah, now we know to whom we are speaking, they said. How can you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Is this possible? If so, can you prove it? Yes, I answered. It's possible. In Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our image. Jesus was a man. In Psalm 2.7, God said, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. These things are in our scriptures. Why have we lived so long without receiving him as our Savior, they asked. That is a good question, I replied. Many times Moses told God that his chosen people were stiff-necked, but God in his mercy gave his only begotten Son to die for our sins and to rise again. Through him we can receive forgiveness of our sins. But if we receive Jesus as our Savior, we will no longer be Jewish, they argued. Look at me, I told them. I believe in Jesus, and yet I am still a Jew. In fact, I have served in the Israeli army since 1948 and have gone through all the difficult times. I am doing the very best I can for my country. I try to give my testimony to all those who have never heard about the Lord. It's only through Him that we can receive blessing. These men were extremely interested in our conversation and in my faith in the Lord Jesus, which brought about such a change in my life. I feel that the Lord is speaking to them. It is my prayer that they will come to know Him as the Savior and Lord.
Thank you for joining us for today's program. We hope our interview with Voni Glick was an encouragement to you. Chris, any final thoughts as we close today? Yeah, let me say this. It, it's surprising to think that despite the fact that Israel's busy protecting themselves on every border, Israelis like Voni Glick and Israel Aid volunteers take their personal time, that's their personal time, to aid people facing catastrophe in other countries. And we'd like to thank Voni Glick of Israel Aid for being with us today. To learn more about how you can support Israel Aid, visit IsraAid.org. That's I-S-R-A-A-I-D dot O-R-G. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione, co-written by Sarah Fern, Mike Kellogg read Apples of Gold, and our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people. 